people say you reap what you sow. Oh, we gotta be more careful of what we're putting in the ground. The seeds are bound to grow. Wonderful. It gets a little Middle Eastern right in that last riff, <laughs> etc. But I think I was hearing a 12-bar blues, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah it's a minor blues. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That was just wonderful. And what do they do with the rest of the month? Don't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. You've really given us some... Thank you. Power here. You've given us some juice for the show. Uh, is it good for the juice, as they used to say? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Forgive me, anybody who's out there and wants to kill me for saying that last remark. Okay. Nina, I think it's time for some of your work. Okay. Well, today I've brought the work of the women from the Women's Poetry Salon that I've been part of for many years that was organized by Andrina Zawinski. And at one point... Andrina put out a anthology of women's poetry called Following a Train of Thought Upside Down. <laughs> and these women that you're about to hear are some of the poets who were in that anthology. And now you'll get to hear them. My name is Nanette Bradley Dietz, and I am Dakota, Cherokee, and German-American. The name of my poem is Echetu Ado Mitaku Oyasin. In Dakota, that translates as Many Blessings to a Full Circle of Relatives. Dedicated to Kenneth James Bradley, who took his spirit walk March 26, 1976. 
Wokiksuye Kenneth James Bradley, Wanagi Omani Kage. I live on an island now, surrounded by the sounds of water, songbirds, red-tailed hawk, blue heron, egret, blue jay and crow. Here is where I deny urban reality, this new world. My relatives taught me early the trick to Indian survival. How to make the square a circle. How to make concrete, cars, and pain disappear. They taught us how to look at our land and see it as it was 511 years ago. Ken taught us to remember the season when choke cherries ripen. To remember the stars and the star people. To remember the gift of knowledge passed through a good story and a good joke. To remember to sing and dance, sing and dance, sing and dance. Mixed race woman, mixed race man, caught in the gauze between two worlds, our mind and senses the only means of escape. But scar tissue lays thick and deep. Too many broken promises, broken treaties, broken hearts, loved ones taken away or leaving us behind has made our eyes weak, but our hearts sharp and clear. Our hearts sharp and clear. Deer, wolf, bear, buffalo. Mitakoyasin. My name is Eva Schlesinger, napkin kin. She carries a napkin collection stolen from cafes across America. Napkins are her souvenirs, not postcards, not silver charms, trinkets, or doodads. She has a napkin from a Pennsylvania Dutch pretzel factory, one from the Bronx Zoo, the aquarium, and several she airlifted from the Lebanese restaurant in Mystic. At the grinder store on Bank Street, she plucked napkins from the dispenser while her brother texted his wife on his Blackberry. Every so often, he'd look up and say, Stop. In between stops, he'd say, I do this too, the napkin stealing. He told her he had hundreds. She didn't believe him. Months later, when he spilled coffee all over his keyboard at work, he popped open the gold snaps to his leather briefcase and retrieved his napkins. First, he snapped a photo with his Blackberry and sent her an email so she could see for herself. He was always the best. The firstborn, straight-A student, award-winning journalist, and now he held the title for most napkins stolen. She traveled to Alaska with her supply of napkins. They had been at the bottom of her green batik shoulder bag, but she crammed them in her maroon handbag's outside pocket. Some spilled over the top, peeking out. They had a room with a view, a free ride on a boat, plane, train, 
and the chance to see wildlife up close. His napkins stayed stuffed in a briefcase. They were claustrophobic. He was too. is steering your walker. I see you gliding there along the high-toned hospital floor as though it's your highway. Steering your walker, a nurse to your right, her hand steadying you. You are 32 going on 33. You had plans to spend this summer biking, but are learning to walk again instead. Your face shines red an outspoken burn. You stagger and lurch like Frankenstein's monster. You pause to catch your breath. My name is Evelyn Pozzamentier. Genetics. I'm contending with the girl in the photo. It could have been the day she began menstruating. Brain aflutter with lesions. I watch a blood bubble blossom from the injection site on my thigh. In the photo, the girl knows she will continually evade averse events with minimal success. Who goes there flirting with disability? In some dreams, there's nothing on the shelves. At the injection site, curious spirits gather. The girl in the photo, the lesions, all in collusion. Attack. Attack. I am driving my car through the city. There are teeth in my brain beginning to bite at my skin. I am driving my car through the city, reminding myself to turn my head before changing lanes. The radio's on. Thank God for AM radio and all the stupid music that fights off those teeth. I keep driving, knowing there must be somewhere to go. Foot on the gas pedal, foot on brakes. My eyes are familiar with traffic lights. Thank God for that. If it wasn't for the radio, I'd have to talk to myself. Faster than those teeth, faster than the gas pedal. It's gone down to the floor and the traffic lights begin to blink uncontrollably. And there are more lanes to switch into. And I'm on the freeway now where no speed limit can stop the car. Only the police. Only the cracked glass and chrome of collision. With my body not talking to itself, but relaxed in separation. And then I'll have become a surgeon, pulling apart the bodies in my head, separating them from those teeth.
and together with the policeman, I'll have to inform the loved ones about what happened. Bernstein. Ritual. The house is quiet tonight. Everyone is ready. The waiting begins. My mother lights the blue candles perched in the sterling candlesticks. Her head covered in Hebrew, she recites the blessing. Her mother, Rebecca, Rivka, my namesake, taught her decades ago. I wait, squirming and shifting from foot to foot, inhaling the magic of my mother's chicken slowly simmering in the cast iron pot, wafting smells of tomatoes and onions, the gedempta chicken, the chicken of immigrant women. My mother, tired, has rushed home from work, rituals to perform before the sun sets over our valley. On this and every Friday night, she removes her apron. My father shaves and wears his best tie. I wash my face and brush my long, dark curls. Our white pottery plate standing ready, the chicken calls. Now, on foreign shores, Tashkent, Vilnius, Cairo, Dushanbe, Guam, lands where I have traveled, where other mothers pray, I eat alone on Friday nights, deaf to synagogue songs while memories simmer. That was wonderful, Nina. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I love all of those women. We're part of a group called uh, the Women's Poetry and Potluck Salon, <laughs> and it was organized by Andrina Zawinski. And I was don't a know. a new book out called Landings, incidentally. Yes, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> and this group has been going on for years and years. I can't remember how long ago I joined it. I was invited by uh, the poet laureate of Alameda, then Mary Rudge. And every month we meet in somebody's living room, a different one every time, and we bring our poems and we bring our potluck contributions. <laughs> then we go around the room and read our poems. And it's it's been a marvelous experience. The uh, The poetry reading that I'm going to be in soon that I want to tell you about is kind of exciting because it's about one of the most important American women writers, Diane de Prima. Oh, she's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. On Saturday, September 7th, I'll be performing at Bird and Bucket Bookstore in San Francisco at 5 p.m., reading with Q.R. Hand and Thomas Stanton, the poet laureate number seven of Benicia. We call ourselves the Silverado Trio. And we'll be premiering Diane de Prima's long poem, Litany, for Kathy Acker. Oh, my. Yes, that poem, she um, f- fell ill uh, before she ever read it. And so she gave it to QR, who she knew did performance poetry. 
and QR brought it to us, and we've been working on it for a few weeks. Great. I'm sure that'll be wonderful. That's going to be it. Thank you. It's going to be at Bird and Beckett Bookstore, Saturday, September 7th, at 5 p.m. in San Francisco by the Glen Park BART Station. Fantastic. Yes, and we're really excited about that. I want to mention a few things, too, of readings coming up tonight, actually, uh, September 4th, at the Frank Bett Center in Alameda. Ivan Arguez will be reading. I'm a little uncertain. I thought he was reading with Rafael Jesus Gonzalez, but perhaps Rafael is not able to make that reading. I got a different uh, notice. But anyway, certainly Ivan will be there. It's tonight, and you can bring your own poetry and read it in the open. It's from 7 to 9 at the Frank Bett Center 1601 Paru Street, P-A-R-U Street. And uh, it should be a lovely evening. Ivan doesn't read that often, so it's a chance to hear um, a really wonderful poet um, doing his thing. And also, we've you heard Rebusol, and you heard how good he is. Um, he's got some things coming up as well. Um, the first is this Sunday, soon, Center for Spiritual Living, and that'll be in Corte Madera. And the second is... Duvin, D-U-V-I-N, of wine, in Montclair. It's a little place, but it's a just delightful place. You can get some good wine, and right next door, practically, you can get some good food, too, and enjoy it during the concert. Uh, he's going to do another Havdalah concert. That'll be September 21st, a Saturday night, from 8.30 to 11. And that's, again, in Montclair, Duvin, D-U-V-I-N. And then... Il Piccolo Café in Burlingame. We're moving from uh, French to Italian. Another Havdalah concert on a week after that, September 28th, another Saturday night, and that will be from 6 to 9. So, Center for Spiritual Living this Sunday in Corte Madera, Havdalah concert at Duvin, Saturday night, 8.30 to 11, and that's in Montclair in Oakland. And then Il Piccolo Café in Burlingame, September 28th, Saturday night, 6 to 9 p.m. My next recorded segment are my most recent poems, and you can hear them now. Danielle loved his birthdays for Danielle Del Solar, 1940 to 2013. Danielle loved his birthdays. That's how he lived, celebrating the days, creating clusters of heightened moments, taking off an eagle flight for ecstatic adventures. Departure for my granddaughter, Nicole Landau. It's always been this way. You're always leaving. It always makes me sad. The same as the first separation, a precious babe held against my breasts in my arms. You always take my heart with you and my hopes for your own sweet child, your struggling country, your woman-powered project, moving everybody forward as the docudrama develops on the inner screen of your mind. I send you off with great love. Death of a Poet for Roberto Retamar, Havana, Cuba. 
My friend has died tonight, as I will one day. I feel the empty space of his absence. His poet words float around me. Only a few weeks ago, I wrote my last words to him, though probably never received. When we first met 50 years ago in Mexico City en route to Cuba, I asked him for the name of a color to dye my hair, already lightly threaded with silver. He told me the translation of chestnut from English to Spanish. After the beauty parlor, he complimented me on the shade. We dashed around Mexico City and met up soon after in Havana, where poems sprung like sugarcane to reach 10 million tons. Then years passed until my hair was naturally all gray. In Havana again, I translated his long poem. We discussed my choice of words. Then a revolution in Nicaragua, and we met at international literary occasions, exchanging poems. The last time I saw him, he came to California. My hair was turning white. I made lunch for him and his woman companion. He thanked me for my translations and gifted me his book. I sent a letter of thanks, but since our countries were on bad terms, the letter never arrived. I tried sending it again with a traveler, but again, my letter never arrived. Then years passed till only weeks ago, I heard on the internet he'd won a prize. I sent him words of congratulations with another traveler. They, too, were never received. There are tears in my eyes tonight from this sad news, but I am not sorry. His life was long, with much reason to feel fulfilled, yet his absence hurts. Our lives and our era fade, leaving me feeling so lonely. I am so glad he liked my translations. The Poet Sarah Menifee Sarah chronicles the struggles of the homeless soul by soul in the shadows of San Francisco streets. Venetian Arts Beauteous Venetia, versifying experience, harvesting poems on the river's shore, planting paintings in memory with a frame. Naked Ladies of August 2019, USA. Four mass shootings. Fires. Africa. Artica. The Amazon. I spy naked ladies sprouting leafless pink patches of upright blooms, marking the roadside by standing still as flamingos ready to fly, proclaiming that summer's preparing for a takeoff, 
So pack in the coatless days of picnics and warm waters. Create a sandcastle where your hopes live carefree in a world of disaster. Indications of disaster. Predictions of disaster. Preparations for disaster. Hope lives without reason, flying with its feathers above the naked ladies with earthly persistence, clinging to Mother Earth, ready for coping, resisting, sidetracking the looming disaster. Lovely, Nina. Um, Well, I hope I didn't bum everybody out with the disasters, but don't we all feel something of this after all the things that happened only a week ago? Yeah, no, no, it's terrible, and it's it's sort of a daily thing. But uh, what I was going to say was that, you know, Nina will tell you that she's 85 years old, but don't believe her, it's not true. She's only 35, and anybody can tell that from her poetry. (laughs) If she's 35, I'm not sure she really is even that. (laughs) Well, I want to say a little bit about Roberto Retamar Fernandez, the Cuban poet. Nancy Morejon, the national poet of Cuba, said about him when he died, uh, he was the Don Quixote de la Revolución, and he was a fidelista. He was the author of books, of poetry, and essays. He was an editor. And in the earliest days of the 1959 Cuban Revolution, he be, he became part of a group of writers around the magazine Orígenes. It was a very important journal because uh, now the writers had a revolution and they were free to write anything and everything that they wanted. And he became the editor of the magazine and the president of Casa de las Americas, which is the major Cuban intellectual journal and organization that serves as a focal point for left intellectuals in Latin America and the Spanish-speaking world. Mm -hmm. And then most recently, he received an international award, which I mention in the poem. And his... I, as I said, I didn't feel sad about his life, just sad about his leaving and sad about that part of excitement when we had revolutions and the possibility of revolutions and literature and dance and music and sculpture and art just flowered. Yeah, when possibilities seemed open yes. and not closed which is the way it feels an awful lot of the time. So I've actually, I did a piece, I played it on the radio uh, called Noir, and we all remember what Noir films are like. But I think that's the direction the country has come to, that we're living in black, by which I don't mean African-American. I mean Noir, black times. Yes. It's tough. Anyway, we'll be back with what cheer we can muster, and we want to thank uh, Shan Hathaway and, and also Miguel Guerreras, and, oh, of course, Rebusol. Thank you for so much for being on the show and adding an 
awful lot to it. I mean, we're old folks here, you know. I mean, we do what we can. <laughs> you did great. And thank, thank you. you all for listening. We really appreciate you. That we do. We'll be back in a month. up with the news? Where is it? News media in a democracy must investigate, inform, maintain an unwavering check on political power. Why doesn't ours? Mickey Huff, director of Project Censored and co-host of the Project Censored show, has co-written with Nolan Higdon, The United States of Distraction, a book that explains exactly how this failure came to be and how to fight back and win. Both authors will appear October 22nd, a Tuesday evening, at 7.30 p.m. at the Hillside Club, 2286 Cedar Street in Berkeley. Escape EFA Benefit Wheelchair Accessible is co-sponsored at Project Censored. Get tickets at brownpapertickets.com or East Bay Indie Bookshops. For Nolan Higdon and Mickey Huff, October 22nd. You're listening to 94.1 KPFA, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno and online at kpfa.org.